about a terrorist. And increase our wages. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a very special show today. Welcome to Naharan America. We're back from our travels and around the country and Mexico and back. And in those travels, I was just recently in Santa Fe working with an incredible producer. And uh, let me give him the proper introduction. This is my voiceover type introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> the producer extraordinary, Mark Roberts. <laughs> Thank you. Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a great intro. Yeah, doesn't that intro feels good? It's like um, it's a, it's 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 deserving for you. I it's mean, exciting. I am I am a big fan of. In a world where producers, uh, you know, you know, remember uh, when they used yeah. to do that in movies? In a world racked with pain comes a new <laughs> exactly. drama. <laughs> exactly, it's like a, it's like a Charles Bronson movie. Yeah, it was always it was always uh, Schwarzenegger. Those kind of people. It's like in a land lacking justice comes a new hero. You know, there's always yeah. that thing. I, 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 there was always, they would put them in the movies and then you'd always hear like, get down, Arnold Schwarzenegger, playing I'm just, something I'm different. Just, I, I, my big question is, why did they stop doing that? Why can't it, you know, every, if you think about like the best intros to movies in the world, those were them, right? Because yeah. in a land where no one is awesome comes a man who is awesome i mean it was there's no better wording no. ever and and the voiceover guys that used to do that now they have like a bunch of like uh very light yeah. um you know voiced people mm -hmm. doing it you know before it was like those guys you know fontaine or what was that guy's name there was there was they, some famous famous yeah, guys they're, they're, that they're, drove around in limos all day right oh, yeah they were like five foot two and little guys that could never get a date but for some reason their voice was incredible it's like I'm sure they had prepubescent voices like, hi, how you doing? Then one day it was like, in a land known. <laughs> in a land where nothing is what you thought it was comes a man that basically explains it all. But you know what what was really cool about those days too is that they right, they would do the whole trailer and then after two minutes they'd go like rated R. Yeah, yeah. Not permitted without, you know, uh, under 17, not permitted without a parent. And yeah. Like, Whoa. And, and I'm going, what? I always saw those I movies. I can't see I, that. Yeah, I was like, I looked like I was eight and I was walking those movies all the time. No one really stopped you. No. Dude, no one ever stopped you. Hey, rated R, not permitted. Under 17, not permitted without a parent. You yeah. show up at 13 and be like, yeah, okay, what do you want? Yeah, I, this, like this popcorn. This kid next to me, he's my parent, okay? <laughs> Just take it as that. So you, <laughs> it's weird. We're Mexican. My parents are younger than I. That's oh, right. cool. Don't worry. Don't look me at the four. other way. <laughs> yeah, they. I, I, I still. You know, going to the movies now with this whole pandemic. I have not seen a movie in a year. I mean, have you gone out to I'm, a movie? I'm not interested in seeing a movie. Yeah, I have I not. I mean, I've sort of learned. I've learned to watch. You know, look, I'm a good Mexican. I do. I do what I'm told. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, you know, I have been told not to go out, and so I do not go out. You're you're a, you're a compliant Mexican. You're the guy I that's am. like, okay, I work in the field. No need to pay me. 
it's okay. I'm just glad to be working. So <laughs> exactly. I, I, exactly. I was questioning, I mean, cause it's true. It's like, we tend to be, you know, God and country us Latinos and, and we tend to follow the rules and we are like, you know, you have to wear a mask. We weren't like, Oh no, you're breaking my, you know, my, all my rules. It's so unconstitutional. We're like, okay, wear a mask. Great. We just didn't get them. I mean, they, they, we, we were out without PPI supplies and, and, you know, places where we worked. And I think, Latinos actually traditionally were the ones that got affected by the pandemic far worse because we were actually kept working. I mean, I don't know anyone who was going like, uh, oh, yeah, I'm taking a few months off and I'll be home. Don't worry. No, they, they had to work. And that's why we, we lost so many. I mean, of course, we work in Hollywood and we follow COVID procedures. I mean, one of the reasons I want yeah. to bring you on, I mean, you're doing more work as a producer now than I think before COVID. Isn't that kind of strange? I mean, how do you feel about that? Um, I don't know. You know, I, uh, I'm just trying to keep my head down at work, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't have, um, I don't have any, uh, feelings about it except for, um, I hope people keep hiring me. Yes. Well, <laughs> I don't want to stop working, you know? No, no, that's, that's the, the Mexican work ethic. I'm the, I'm the same way. It's like, like after, after we did that, we just, uh, for those who are listening in, we, uh, just did a, we've done actually two projects together now. Uh, one was Feliz Navidad for Lifetime, which is an excellent film, came out in Christmas. Thank and you. Thank now you. the new one, uh, Holiday in Santa Fe. Which sounds such a sweet title, Holiday in yeah. Santa Fe, and uh, we just got done filming. And I, I went through the. I, I'm not used to not calling Mark up every day and asking questions and and talking because we're we're in that mode of working, and all of a sudden, bam, it stops. It's it's like a a weird thing that happens to us because we're not used to it. But you're but you're actually working more. You're doing another project. I mean, you've done. So many, you did the, the, the great documentary, um, Amandaraz. Yeah. Thank you. Carlos Almaraz playing with fire, which is on Netflix. Thank mm -hmm. you. Um, yes. yeah, look, I, I don't know how, how it happened. You know, the, the, it's been sort of a time, uh, like a, a time warp for mm -hmm. the past couple of years, but, um, you know, my partner and my buddy and, you know, uh, uh, my brother, uh, Mario Lopez, and I, you know, he invited me to do Ashley Garcia with him over at Netflix. We did two seasons of that. Yeah. Uh, and then while we were there, we were thinking, we were talking about doing more work together. And Mario loves the Christmas space, you yeah. know, the holiday space. So, um, you know, uh, he came out with the idea, mm -hmm. which was um, Feliz Navidad. Yeah. And we sold that to... Um, to Lifetime and, you know, Lifetime really embraced us and embraced mm -hmm. the Latino project and embraced, you know, uh, everything about Mario's brand. And, yeah. uh, we did that movie and you, you were, you know, you played a, a character in that movie, mm -hmm. did a great job of playing Walt, Walt and you know, we mayor. had some fun and, you know, then we sold them another movie called Holiday in Santa Fe, written by Cristela Alonso, the great mm -hmm. Cristela Alonso. Yes, great comedian. And we developed that, you know. Uh, you know, we had lots of conversations with you, me, mm -hmm. Stearns, yes. Mario, and, you know, we, we worked together to sort of make that mm -hmm. terrific. And that came out great. We just delivered the network cut today. And wow. then we pitched another movie called Mr. Holiday, mm -hmm. uh, which will be written by Peter and Elisa Marietta. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to be doing that at the end of this year for 2022. So, you know, we committed to the space yeah. um, and we, you know, had a great 
uh, relationship with with uh, Lifetime and the executives there. And mm-hmm. like I said, I think I think they really like Mario and like what he's about and yeah. he's like a- the stories that we're telling. So, you know, we're going to keep doing them as long as they let us, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you played a great, great character, Ernie. We had a lot of fun yeah, that was on the fun. set of Holiday in Santa Fe, which comes out this year in November. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it was fun working with you. You know, we were like a big family in Santa yeah. Fe. It was neat. Yeah, it really was great. It was, it was uh, some of the nicest people. I mean, it, what I love about Mario is, Mario's very family oriented. I mean, his daughter's in this one coming up. Um, yeah, his, she uh, does a great job. Great, great job. In it, yeah. She's, I mean, surprisingly talented. Where, you, where you just you don't expect a kid that young to be that good so early. And she's great. Yeah, she really is great. And then yeah. we had uh, Amy Garcia and Emerald mm-hmm. and and just a, a really great cast of people. And everyone got along so well. It was almost like going yeah. to summer camp. I mean, it was the weirdest thing because, you know, Santa Fe was a beautiful city and a lot of people were great and, and just the whole city embraced us. So I yeah. I, I almost kind of look at it. Adam Sandler uses a lot of the same people. And I, I love that feeling because it looks like an ensemble of actors that they keep working together. And yeah. I think same here is that we have this ensemble that enjoys working with each other, uh, supports each other. And it's, and it's, it's Latino theme, but it isn't so hit you over the head it's just part of who it is it's like you know no one wakes up in the morning and goes i'm gonna do something latino today you just do whatever you, you do you're listening to the nahara in america podcast the podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is you can listen to us on revolver podcast or wherever you find your finer podcasts stay tuned we'll be right back I think we do what feels natural. I, you know, I, I've been, I've done a couple of interviews recently where mm-hmm. I feel like, like I'm saying it wrong, you know, about how I feel about doing Latino work because it's not that I don't feel Mexican because I do, yeah. you know, I, my mom and my father and my family, you know, all came from Guadalajara, but yeah. I think what, where, where it becomes very different for me in the work that I do. Uh, and I think Mario, feels uh somewhat the same way is you know we are born in a you know we're born in america so we have a tendency to be very american you know because you're growing up here you're there's a lot of traditions that are here that you kind of adopt uh and then you know you're getting the culture from your family Mm -hmm. but you know we become sort of hybrids of who we are and as a result of that hybrid um you know uh development, I think you end up doing stories and projects that are not really Mexican projects and they're not really American projects. They're somewhere in between. And I think what happens is a lot of people relate to that. They, they relate even more, I think, because, you know, if you look at Mexicans themselves, you go, Salma Hayek is Lebanese and Mexican. Eugenio Rebez, I believe, is French and Mexican. So yeah. in Mexico, there's no such thing as a pure Mexican. And in America, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, my kids, white and Mexican, I call them Mexicans. I mean, they're a combination. You have the same issue with your children is that we have adopt cultures and we are able to basically translate for other cultures. We're able to tell our experience in a human way 
that people on both sides relate to it. it because in the end, it, there's no one race. There's the human race. Yeah. That's what I love about, you know, working with Mario is we both grew up in San Diego, you know, and yeah. most of us on that project come from Latino backgrounds, but it's it's seamless. It's just part of who we are. It's not something we make a big issue about. And I think that's a healthy way to do it. Yeah. You know, you have a network who is very interested in doing mm -hmm. um, projects that speak to minorities, you know, that yeah. or, or to Latinos or to women, urban, you know, you can yeah. call it whatever you want. Like there's so many different things that you want to call it. Right. But let's just say, I think some networks really want to, you know, embrace Mm -hmm. a Latino storyline. Yeah. And when you go to them with one, um, you know, sometimes the network wants to lean into it. Like there's a lot more Spanish in Spanish speaking characters in Holiday in Santa Fe than we had before. And it was mainly because the network wanted us to lean into it a little bit more. So we did yeah. uh, not a ton, but enough to where you notice it and feel it. And, you know, um, I speak a lot of Spanish in my household. Mario speaks a lot of Spanish. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, we're not we're not prolific, you know, we're not, we're not perfect Spanish speakers, but the no. Spanish that we speak is, is natural. It comes out natural. So I think, I think you have the network wanting more Latino stuff. You have us wanting to lean into who we really are on a daily basis with our culture. And also you want to make people, you know, that are American laugh because it's a weird thing, right? Because you grow up in East Los Angeles, you come out of East LA you, uh, or, or San Diego, mm -hmm. Logan Heights, whatever. Yeah. You come to Hollywood and you work with, you know, a lot of different cultures, right? You work with white people, you work yeah. with French people, you work with European people, you work with all these different people. But there's one thing that we all have in common and that is laughter and comedy, right? Yeah. And I've learned a lot from the idea that that, you know, someone like Emilio Rivera can make anybody laugh, even though he has that, you know, a certain specific vernacular. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he may not even speak Spanish, right? But you still associate him. Like, he's one of ours. Like, if you yeah. were teams yeah. and you're like, okay, you're on that team, you're on this team, we would end up, you know, we, we would have Emilio Rivera on our team because he's Mexican. But at the same time, you know, he may not speak perfect Spanish or whatever, but there's a certain vernacular that you won't find. His language, his vernacular, you won't find in Mexico. No. So no, I find that fascinating, but I do find him funny. He does stand-up comedy and, mm -hmm. you know, he's funny to everybody. So I, I think I think our job is to sort of find the stories that you can tell that resonate with everyone without, without losing who you are, right? So we yeah. are yeah, yeah, Mexican-Americans. We are people that you know, have uh, various cultures in, in our, in our blood, uh, in our, in our lives. And as a result, it creates product that is unique and interesting and we lean into it. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think it's, it, number one, it's truthful. That's the, and truth is what people can tell when they hear a story, they can feel the truth and veracity in it. And I think that's where we all come from a truthful place. We're not, we're not coming from a, a place that's, it's not comfortable. This is who we are. Uh, we're, there's, it's not a feeling among us that we don't belong. We, we know we belong. It's just, it's just part of us. And what we're saying is we're inviting you to the party that we live in. And right. a lot of people understand that because Hollywood, people don't realize how international and diverse and complex it is. Even terms like we use MOS, it's, it's, uh, in, in filming, it's, it means MOS is mic ox sound, without sound. Because the Germans were here as sound engineers, and then you had the Mexicans here doing doing 
doing the same films like Dracula and stuff like that, but it, at night, and they called them the night crew. So we've always had a very international Hollywood world. And, you know, it didn't just start with Desi Arnaz. It's been around and, and keeps being around. And what's great about showcasing a producer like you is I know you'll keep working in this business. Um, you have a wonderful wife and family and uh, your legacy is the work you do. And I, I think what I like about it is, and I have noticed this with Lifetime, is they've added more comedy uh, in their projects. Um, so they're learning as well that it's okay yeah. to laugh and it's okay to feel sentimental and cry. And, and that's truly Latino. We can go from a moment where we're crying and a moment where we're laughing because that's what life is. We're complex human beings and that's all yeah. human beings. I mean, I'll say, I'll say this about, you know, the work that we do. I think the, I think, I think one of the hardest things for young producers to sort of figure out is, um, is you gotta, you have to trust yourself, right? If you, if, if you, you know, whether you're Mexican American or you're Indian American or, you know, any other French American, Italian American, whatever you are, I think, I think you have to trust what you believe to be funny about life, about your culture, about things, you know, and you trust that and then you put it on the screen. Um, and it works, you know, I mean, I was watching, I was watching a cut of Holiday in Santa Fe today and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it deals with not, it, it is a cultural movie, but at the same time, it deals with, you know, someone, uh, a sibling, you know, needing to find herself, needing to find her magic, needing to yeah, her trust voice. herself in her art and, you know, that you know, that her mom believed in her and maybe she just needed to believe in her. And I think that's a universal theme. Mm -hmm. You know, how we tell that story is really where it becomes magical for the filmmaker, right? Because we tell stories that we feel um, are going to resonate. We tell jokes that we feel are funny. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a joke about Barry Manilow in, in, uh, in one of the scenes. And you know, I was a big Barry Manilow fan when I was a kid. Uh, it's not cultural. It's not like yeah. it's not like Mexicans or Mexican Americans loved Barry Manilow. They had nothing to do with that, right? Yeah, but, but um, they you, they love Morrissey. You, you know, so yeah, you, you trust. Yes, yeah, you trust yourself. You 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 tell jokes that you think are 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 funny in general, and then you make fun of it a little bit too, right? Because yeah, uh, I think that's part of our job is you have to make fun of the things that you know are sort of goofy about mm-hmm. what it, about things that you like in life. You know, not everything's super cool. So I don't know. I think, I think, I think if you're a young filmmaker, you got to be out there and you have to trust what you believe to be funny or interesting uh, and lean into that. And I think that's, that's where the magic starts. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, that's what every artist has to do is find their voice. And um, that's really what that is, finding your voice. And, and, you know, you look, I was on Broadway and I remember Jackie Mason was the show ahead of us. And I went and saw Jackie Mason. I was like, hello, hello, how are you? I'm Jackie Mason. And he had a cadence and I was laughing hysterically. I thought he was incredibly funny. And just years earlier, he'd be considered a Catskill comic would, would not fit on Broadway. So what is the, not the mainstream, will eventually become the mainstream. And what it may to some people seem odd eventually becomes mainstream. It just goes in that direction. You know, it's like, you know, think of the great comics that are international, you know, Charlie Chaplin, he's from England and his his entertainment and his, you know, characters made American audiences laugh and made audiences laugh around the world. So if you're specific, you become universal. You're listening to the Nahara in America podcast. 
the podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcasts or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Talking about menudo, someone knows it means it's an ethnic food, and you can describe what it means. But if I said, you know, uh, borscht, I would go, I, you go, okay, yeah, I know what that is. It's kind of a red soup, and and eventually we all get to understand each other, and in the understanding comes the comedy, and also in the differences. That's where the comedy lies. What's great about you know a holiday in Santa Fe is that. It is a celebration of family, but a family can be a Mexican family, a Jewish family, an American family. It's just a family. That's what I think is is the legacy of that particular, you know, film. And I can't yeah. wait to see it in, in November, not just because I'm in it. I, I honestly think it's a good film. And it was such a good team effort of people working on the film to really just create something that's entertaining. So congratulations. Thank you, dude. Congratulations to you. You did a fun job. I just saw your scene at the end where you where you're pushing through the crowd and you bring <laughs> Mister Rogers up, and you're and the and the line on the way out has stuck. You know, like, you know. I've always thought about going into, uh, into private security. security. Yeah, yeah. And we had fun <laughs> with that character. Yeah. Fun. You know, that's a, that's I think something that you and I and and Mario did on the last film. We just we just added things, you know, at the end and during the movie that we thought was funny and. And uh, I think it ended up being really fun. It was fun to do. Yeah. No, I, well, I hope to be doing more films with you guys, either as a writer or a performer. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, look, you're really, you're a talented writer, you're a talented performer. And I think it's just timing, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a weird thing when you're, you know, when you produce films and you know that there are scripts out there that should be being made that are funny, that are interesting, that, you know, have, um, have, uh, all the the um, elements to be a great movie and they're not getting made, you know, and that's, the, I think that's really hard about the business is that you just, sometimes you sit back and I, I know a lot of people sit at home and they watch a movie and they're like, oh, my movie's better or my yeah. story's better. Why aren't they making my movie? But, you know, the truth is that it's timing, it's, uh, it's team, it's, it's packaging mm-hmm. um, and it's, and it's sometimes uh, just, you just, need a break you know you just need something to kind of work and go and then you can continue to kind of roll down that hill and and keep putting out more product and i think that's what we're going to do now we're just going to keep making movies until someone says we can't do it anymore no i think that's great i mean my i remember my father giving me the best piece of advice ever got in hollywood and he said rick you have to knock he was a door-to-door salesman he said rick i knock on 100 doors a day i i hear no knock on another door no knock on another door no he goes, but around the hundredth door, I always hear a yes. You got to lock, and you got to knock on a lot of doors for you, before you hear that one yes. And that's always been my belief: keep knocking, keep getting up to bat, keep working, and eventually we'll hit a home run. Eventually, and that's that's. Is the that way. why you were? Is that why you were knocking on everyone's hotel room like at six o'clock in the morning? Yeah, though? that I was. I was. I had the drinking problem. I got over it. I was. I feel. <laughs> A little better, <laughs> but yeah. I was knocking on doors. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, it was fun to do that. You know, I have to uh, throw a shout out to Jennifer Latapia mm-hmm. from the oh, uh, New she's Mexico wonderful. Film Commission. Me- uh, she's not even New Mexico. She's uh, I'm sorry. She's the New Mexico Film Commission. Santa she's from the Santa Fe specifically Film Commission. And when uh, we went out there, she really 
uh, you know, rolled out the red carpet. The mayor also yes. did. So, you know, without her, without the mayor meeting with us in the morning and telling us that we were going to be taken care of, it would have been, we may not have gone to Santa Fe. So got to thank her for oh. all the fun we had, really. Well, she took me out to sets because uh, I have a one I know. I saw those pictures. Those are cool. Yeah. She took me out to all the different, where they shot Godless, where they shot all these films. And that that's, you know, amazing because it also makes me realize how, Great filming in Santa Fe is, and and New Mexico altogether. They have incredible tax breaks. They're just it's just growing. And um, you know, my family originally was from New Mexico, Alamogordo, New Mexico. So I I understand that world. And and yeah, Jennifer was amazing. Um, just all the people in Santa Fe. I've, uh, you know, we would shoot, and Mario's the nicest guy because he'll always come up to every single fan and sign an autograph or take a picture. And I think that was infectious for all the cast that we just felt, hey, we're – and especially being Latino. That's such a Latino Because normally town. you don't sign autographs. No, no I, was I always pepper spray. In fact, spray. I was told not to look at you in the eye. Yes. Yeah, I do that too. And I'm learning not to. I, I'm, and I didn't, didn't mean to pepper spray you the first time I met. I just felt you were too close. That's all it was. <laughs> and I got to have that mystique, the Hollywood thing. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, I got over it. Yes. I yes, survived it. Well, pepper spray is – I survived it. I was it, able to work the next yeah, day. It's a it's a spice to a Mexican, so you were fine. You didn't I didn't even see you blanch at all. I was like fine. Yeah, in fact, I think I said if you're gonna pepper spray me, at least give me a taco. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, you said, <laughs> put it. Put, I want to I want to add that to my pozole. So is it weird? Is it weird that my wife is sitting here rolling her eyes as I'm doing this interview? Is it weird? No, I love your wife. She's really great. But why is she rolling her eyes? I don't, is it because she doesn't understand what she, I'm saying? Wives. Or? Always roll their eyes, no matter what. It's the no one, matter what, right? The one we person will keep you humble. Rolling her eyes. Yes. Well, she's an amazing producer too, so I got to come knock yes, on her is. door and look for a job. So I'll be doing well, that. She's a uh, well. She's the talent, the most talented person in our family. That's for yes. sure. Yes, I've, I've, I learn a lot from her every day. She, her uh, her work ethic and her development. I mean, she she pitched twelve shows the other day to uh, the company she's working with, and I thought twelve. Shows, how do you? come up with 12 shows sitting in your living room that's that's to me amazing but you know pretty amazing having her on the set uh she was the one person i really spent a lot of time talking to because of course one day i'm gonna knock on her door and say give me a job but uh she's fun and your your son was working it was a really yeah. great it was like a uh, a family vacation so i'm i'm hoping we do it very soon and just thanks we for will. thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for coming on Nahar in America. Thank you, thank you for doing uh, uh, Nahar in America because America needs you. Oh, thank and you. Uh, thank you for working on the movie with me twice. We did two movies now together, two mm -hmm. Christmas movies, and hopefully we'll be you know shooting one of your scripts soon. And then uh, you should invite my uh, wife to be on your show so she could explain about all these shows she does. Oh yes, and how she does it. Yeah, I, I if she, I would be honored to have her on the show because oh. uh, I would learn a lot from her and uh she's great she really is great i'll let her so, i will let her know so uh hey rick thanks so much we'll talk again very soon thanks mark okay that was right, producer bye. mark roberts give him a big hand because he's a great guy in a, a world producer. in a world where producers like mark roberts <laughs> give jobs <laughs> thanks mark all right Rick. thank bye. you buddy i'll talk to you soon talk to you soon you're listening to the Nahara in America podcast, the podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcasts or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Join us next week for more on Nahara in America.